You're listening to the Great Day in Sales Podcast, brought to you by Alicia. All right, John, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Justin. Looking forward to the combo. Yeah, we've had this scheduled for a bit. Very excited to uh, be talking to you about your experience in sales. Obviously, the podcast, Great Day in Sales, we're going to identify exactly what that is for you. But to get things rolling here, like to kind of understand how you've arrived to now running sales uh, for Valkyrie. I'd love to kind of just understand kind of the steps you've taken and and what's gotten you to this point. Yeah, no, great question. Happy to do that. Uh, So my background, I've spent the last 15 years in technology sales, uh, primarily SaaS. So very fortunate. My first job out of college was an enterprise account manager. For a company called Exposite that was a little, uh, later acquired by Accruent, so project management SaaS. And from there on, um, I've done IT staffing, I've done a Microsoft Partner, I've worked for four different startups, kind of that Series A level and above. Uh, I've worked for companies as large as Cisco. Um, and then the last three roles have been in property technology or prop tech space. Uh, selling to lenders, law firms, title companies, uh, real estate owners, uh, landlords, if you will, uh, and as well as uh, where I am today, Valkyrie, selling to appraisers. So, yeah, it's been a fun I ride. It. I love it. Prop tech. I, 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 as integrated as you think you are to the tech space, I still hear a new yeah. one in prop tech. I, I love that. That's yeah. great. How, how, has that been, how has that been different? Obviously, you've been in a number of of different roles, offering different products, different company stages. What's sure. PropTech been like for you? Has this been your most enjoyable? Do you feel like there's a lot of opportunity there? What's what's it been like? Yeah, I think it's been really enjoyable. Uh, certainly, uh, I've, I'm sort of vertical agnostic in my past. I've sold to every vertical you can think of. And so PropTech kind of fell into it. Got my first uh, head of sales role. Was kind of recruited out of a, a, a prior firm. Um, and I think there's a ton of opportunity. It's, it's unique because it's a very archaic space in a sense, uh, especially residential real estate is about 25 years ahead of commercial. And so a lot of folks are still just, you know, using Excel and word, uh, and email to hammer out deals or write appraisal reports. And so, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for innovation and just to, uh, automate very time intensive manual tasks across all three of my last roles in property technology. So, yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I feel like that's, that's kind of the genesis of a lot of startups, right? Is uh, <laughs> people are doing this in, in Excel. Okay. There's, there's a product that we can create. I think AI is kind of doing the same thing, right? People yeah. are, are, you are, are doing something manually and AI is going to, going to solve that. Um, now, now you said you've sold into every vertical. One of the things we were talking about prior to the podcast was mm-hmm. um, you moving up market and kind of, even though you've oh, yeah. attacked every vertical, been in a lot of different industries, it's a very different deal cycle, approach, outbound, doing SMB and mid-market versus enterprise. And now you've actually taken the company you're at now and really moved them up market. So not just a, a new role, new market, and you you kind of right. you know hit, hit the ground running. You've actually moved the company up. Love for you to kind of unpackage that a little bit. I think some listeners probably... Um, that's kind of a strategy, right? It seems like people are either moving down or up market. There's not really a, yeah. just a consistent ride in the stream, right? You're moving up or down. So walk yep. us through kind of what, what that's been like for you. Sure. So my experience traditionally has been enterprise sales. So that's always been my background. I'm far more comfortable 
and a longer sales cycle, multi-stakeholder kind of navigating vendor risk, procurement, doing all the enterprise things, using qualification frameworks like Medic or MedPick. That's my bread and butter. And so when I shifted over to Valkyrie, this was my first experience with high velocity SMB, really short sales cycles, kind of lower ACV, but just more of them. Um, and so for me, moving up market was my sweet spot or comfort level. And it was really an adjustment for starting out SMB high velocity. I mean, by the time you can get, um, you know, very in tune to the deal from a deal inspection perspective, the deal is already closed. So very different motion. Uh, what we've uh, tried to do is, is move from really sort of onesie twosies, month to month to annual prepay. So that was a shift and then increasing our ACV. Uh, a lot of it had to do with uh, account segmentation and mapping and territory alignment. So we rolled out pods to best serve these stakeholders. We talked earlier before we started the podcast about travel. So we met with like six clients in Chicago. I just got back there. So a lot of more uh, in-person engagement versus SMB high velocity, literally you're just closing deals over Zoom. So a completely different motion. Also, uh, we hired a, a enterprise uh, seller in order to serve that market. So we still have our kind of core SMB business, mid-market business, but we have an entire pod dedicated solely to enterprise, which has been very helpful too. But I think, like I said, uh, understanding the TAM, doing deep account segmentation of the opportunities and kind of working backwards from there is really important. So we hired a third party to completely break down the market, understand the amount of users per firm. Um, and in real estate and specifically commercial real estate valuation space is very niche. So to be able to get an entire list of named accounts, all the information users, and then push that into Zoom info and from there, push into our CRM was super helpful to kind of tag and classify it and focus on the closest to the dollar activity deals. Yeah, that's no, that's, that's great. I think, um, love, love you mentioning, you know, being in Chicago recently visiting clients and then thinking about kind of geo specific pods to be able that really, that's kind of a way to unlock more of those enterprise deals, right? Boots on the ground, get people kind of closer to those oh, accounts yep. and then, and then hiring for an enterprise rep. Did that, did that rep you hired, did they come in with years of experience and, and maybe some relationships already in the space, you know, like that enterprise account executive hire? Is that someone that kind of already, they're bringing a number of their contacts into it? What, what was your experience hiring for that role? Yeah, I actually, first off, I hired the person before we had shifted up market because I knew that's where we needed to go. Uh, two, very experienced, tenured enterprise seller, president's club, um, you know, a ton of great logos they've closed in the past from the prop tech world, but not specifically selling into valuation. So in this specific role, uh, didn't have those relationships, but runs a very tight sales process, knows how to navigate kind of complex, multi-stakeholder, multi-threading deals and uh, close them. So that was the big thing for me is getting someone that can recreate, reproduce at multiple different groups or companies in their past. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. I'm sure that was a, that was a big game changer when you get to start hiring for upmarket that that'll, oh, yeah. that'll jumpstart things. Um, yeah. What have you seen love, you know, I mean, for your TAM, right. I mean, prop tech that there may be, um, 
if you're staying specifically in that lane, you kind of have an identified TAM there. I love that you, you know, you're getting data, you're augmenting to it with Zoom info and then putting into your CRM. Mm -hmm. What are, what are some of your outbound methods or maybe for more enterprise, you might just call it relationship building or just getting a hold of really these larger accounts and things like that. What, what's been your outbound effort and how is it different than kind of your SMB mid-market lower market roles and and outbound efforts in the past? Yeah, that's a great question. I think omni-channel approach, regardless if it's SMB or enterprise mid-market, doesn't really matter. Um, So we're doing a lot of uh, drip campaigns or HubSpot sequences. We'll do LinkedIn sales navigator. Uh, You know, we, we pride ourselves in delivering good content from an inbound perspective that helps folks uh, become aware, become educated, and then request demos ultimately as the call to action. So that's super helpful. And then uh, I think the biggest difference there is the, you, you mentioned it, the relationship building piece. Our CEO founder is from uh, the appraisal world, and we have several uh, co-founders from the appraisal world as well. And we have uh, a, a several former appraisers on staff who have deep relationships and it's a very tight-knit community. And so leveraging them for the initial intros at some of the larger groups and then moving it into a formal sales process is important. I think sometimes with with close relationships, it's almost more difficult to close a deal because there's so much friendly nature. You've worked together. You're kind of, I don't want to say glad handing, but it's easier to to have that relationship Mm -hmm. and then pass it off to that enterprise seller. So they can objectively kind of move the needle forward to advance and close the deal. So I think it's really important that all deals be assigned to an AE versus founder led when you're really making that shift uh, to upmarket. Yeah. So that founder, it's very important that obviously enterprise selling is a team sport. So you might use your, especially the smaller company like ours, the VP of product is going to come in and talk product roadmap for the enterprise. You might have your CTO talk about, vendor risk and ISO and SOC 2 and where we stand and our architecture and all that stuff. The founder comes in and tells the founder story. So everyone's involved in the deal, but it's important to have one owner. So if you have multiple owners, you have no owners. I think that's the biggest thing with enterprises. You really truly need that one individual who's accountable, responsible, and is really project managing that deal forward. I, I love that. Enterprise is a team sport, right? Enterprise sales is a team sport. You bring in so many different stakeholders, but one person leading the deal, one person managing it. Um, Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Um, What's been, you mentioned some of the software you use, sales navigator, kind of that outreach. Do you feel like um, going up market and enterprise some, as I've been having discussions with sales leaders and things, some feedback I've gotten is, is simply, it's kind of harder to track activities, KPIs. A lot of times you take that, um, uh, you know, kind of first job as an SDR and it's like, okay, here's your framework. Here's your expectations. Here's how many activities you should be doing every day. Does that have, and then I've heard from enterprise, um, software teams, sales software teams that that doesn't change at the enterprise level. But, you know, I'd love to hear your feedback on kind of how you train your team up going up market with those expectations and and KPIs involved. Yeah, that's a great question. So we have an operating rhythm, Excel, where you put in what your quota is and it basically works backwards. Hey, here's your win rate. Here's your average deal size. How many calls, meetings, demos do I need to close deals? How many contacts, connections do I need to have? 
So it's, it's pretty like, you know, scientific in a sense mm, of how yeah. many, uh, out or inputs do you need to get the output that you want? Um, you know, just in general, like 4X pipeline coverage to goal is really important for us. So, you know, if you're, you know, as you're coaching a seller, you're looking at production, like how are they doing? What is their performance against quota? If that's not right, or if they're missing the mark there, you're looking at pipeline. Do they have enough deals to cover quota? Or are they at least building healthy pipeline? If their pipeline's anemic, now you're looking into activity. Are you doing enough activity to generate the pipeline to cover, you know, your goal? And so that's kind of how we look at things. But uh, during the first 30 days of an AE onboarding, they do have an Excel doc where they're plugging in their goal, even as they kind of ramp their ramp goal and kind of on down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I love the calculator. I was at a conference of just SDR leaders and that was a big, everyone's phone was out taking the, yeah. uh, taking, taking a picture of the, um, the monitor when that came up of like, here's how you calculate. If you want this output, you need to do this input. And I think that's really yeah. meaningful for, for a lot of groups. Um, what's John, what's your stance on leading indicators versus lagging indicators? I, I've experienced this as well up market where, Hey, you know, we have bigger deals. They take a longer time. So I just, I'm just concerned. I've heard sales leaders say, I'm just concerned about revenue. If you're bringing in deals and you're closing them, you're not going to hear from me. Um, I, I, I've heard that a few times and it, it, and it, I haven't heard it everywhere. And it seems like a, a, a less common approach. You still need to focus on those leading indicators. Like you mentioned, if pipelines anemic, let's focus on activities, things like that. How, yeah. how do you kind of, how do you focus on leading indicators and, and lagging indicators in your, in your org? Yeah, for sure. So I, I look at the amount of demos. So we do a roll up. There's something important, like obviously we don't want uh, administrative burden on AEs, but there's something about just relying on the dashboard that's auto-generated in HubSpot, for example, and then having to manually roll up your forecast on Slack, including the demos you had last week. So I think demos are a huge predictor. Discovery calls are a huge predictor. Uh, proposals or contracts out are a huge predictor because um, now, and also just the weighted probability of deals based on deal stage, you know, Hey, here are the things that have happened to associate to this weighted probability. So it's a higher likelihood it'll close. So the reps really need to know their sales math. And I think putting that upon them and then doing that weekly roll up at the end of the week creates some accountability, right? Cause you have your Monday morning standup call, where it's like, hey, we go over housekeeping, the top two priorities for the week, any shout outs to the team, because that's really yeah, important for camaraderie yep. and yeah, encouragement. Yeah, because I mean, sales is, is a tough thing. So it's nice to hear shout outs from your peers. Uh, but then at the end of the week, it's like, hey, those are my top priorities. Here's what I thought I was going to do. Here's what I ended up doing. And having to post that to the sales Slack channel creates some accountability. Um, but it also just, there's something about writing something out where you're owning it more than just allowing the uh, dashboard to tell a story because it's one more extra step where you're kind of certifying it versus just the inputs of the day-to-day -day, like data hygiene yeah. of HubSpot. You said something, John, sales yeah. math. You got to be able to know your sales math. And I think that was a reference to <laughs> kind of your calculator yeah. that you're doing in Excel right now. Um, yeah, but yeah. maybe unpackage that a little bit more. Is that is that <laughs> someone with two weeks left in in the quarter and in their head they're thinking, okay, I've got 15 active deals to hit quota. 
I'm going to have to close three of them. What is that? Is, is that what you mean by sale? I just thought that was an interesting term, sales math. Maybe unpackage that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more simplified of just like, hey, what's my pipeline coverage look like relative to goal? Um, what does my activity look like? We talk about the kind of the tracker that you're using weekly, monthly, quarterly to know the activity you need to achieve your goals. It's more of that. Um, and then I do like a, a mad dash tracker for the quarter. Again, I'm, I'm trying not to have too many things live outside of HubSpot, but it's no upkeep on the rep's behalf. I just export from HubSpot into an Excel and everyone can see the weighted probability of deals, where things are, what we need to hit our company goal, our pod goal, individual goals. And it just displays it in a way that's kind of really simple, you know, um, that maybe a dashboard isn't satisfying. So everyone kind of knows exactly where they stand, what's needed. And as the time ticks down, it's like, okay, here's the company goal percentage tracker and things like that. So I think HubSpot does a pretty good job, but it is nice to kind of fill that out and send it out. And the team seems yeah, to like it. Yeah. So we, the way we've always organized it is, you know, you mentioned some LinkedIn navigator and a number of kind of outreach things. That's kind of your rev ops um, leg of a stool CRM for your people and then uh, CRM for your customers, excuse yep. me, and just moving those deal stages around. And then obviously you've talked about the people management piece as well, which is making sure people feel mm -hmm. um, rewarded for their efforts, right? The recognition you said post to Slack oh, yeah. and then just that math piece of like coaching people and helping them kind of know exactly what their expectations are. I love that. I think that's a, I think that's a great, great approach. Well, John, typically we, we ask people a question, name of the podcast, just a great day in sales. So, so for you, maybe, yeah. maybe for you or for your team, but just as, as I, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what you feel like a great day in sales is. Man, a great day in sales is when you close a deal, uh, that maybe, for example, I think the best ones are either like a recapture where they left and you want them back or a really complex deal where you've had to go back and forth and, you know, it was on life support multiple times and you brought in internal stakeholders and you leveraged a partner and you, you kind of went to war together, you know, and then you win the deal. I think there's nothing better in sales than that. Obviously, yeah, hitting your annual quota, hitting your quarterly quota is a great day, but something about working through a complex team win, maybe an RFP that was, you know, 60 pages where it took the entire team, especially the startup to work together, almost like disrupted the business in order to like push it forward. And then you win it. Things like that are just, they're fun. A great yeah, day in yeah. sales. For what, sure. If, if I could just ask one other question, we don't, we, yeah, you can't close it. a six or seven figure deal every day, right? There's a lot of days in between mm -hmm. that. How, how do you and your team, how do you unlock great days in sales without, that I mean, I loved your answer, obviously, like the deals that are kind of a a, a surprise or like, a, a, you know, you're you're glad it worked out, but maybe it wasn't even a part of kind of your pipeline at first. You didn't think they'd close. Those are always like a pleasant surprise. But the days where you're not closing the six or seven figure deal, you know, how, how do you still have a great day in sales when when you're not closing? That's a, I think you have to. That's a great question. I think you have to look at the micro victories. So. Even if it's a two-seat account, we do win wires. Hey, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. Shout out to this mm -hmm. person, team win wire. And I put it on general. I post it on general and I do a synopsis of the deal because it took everyone to close it. Engineering, product, 
marketing, you name it, right? Everyone played a role in some way. And so what was the use case? What challenge did they overcome? What outcome were they hoping to achieve? How do we win the deal? So there's no deal too small for a win wire. I think that's really important. Uh, and I think, you know, even from a BDR's perspective, it's like, you're gonna get told no a lot, but let's just count the yeses. Hey, another call, I booked another meeting. And you know, just even if it's a little gong at your desk, something to keep yourself motivated. Uh, I think that's really important. You got to celebrate the little victories for sure. Cause I mean, not every deal is a complex deal that you resurrected or an RFP, right? So I think a great day is just being productive and controlling the controllables and doing what you can. Uh, but I think self-talk is really important and uh, just having like a winning mindset. I know that sounds cheesy, but just like a very positive winning mindset because otherwise you'll allow the external factors to be just a roller coaster where you're emotionally riding this wave versus being kind of consistent. Yeah, I love that. Controlling the controllables and having a winning attitude. I think that's a great guy. I put you on the spot. So thanks for answering that. I appreciate it. I, you know, I think great salespeople go straight to that, that closing a deal feeling that those endorphins and things. Um, but I love, I love also the opportunity to just kind of, um, you know, what, what are you doing on the days that you don't close the big deal or whatever? So I thought that was, thought that was a great answer on the screen. Because otherwise it's like that meme where you're looking in the mirror and you're like, why are you like this? (laughs) (laughs) You know, There's a lot of days like that in sales. So you got to be, have positive self-talk and be your your own best friend. Otherwise it's a long ride. Positive self-talk. I mean, that gets you through just about any role, not just sales, right? Um, John, it's been fun talking to you on the podcast. Great insights. I think, uh, you know, we mentioned halfway through just a lot of companies are either working up market or down market. How do you make those adjustments? Um, I think you walked us through a lot of a lot of good ones that obviously you found success with at your company and, and with your team. And um, yeah, we hope we hope all the best for you that you continue finding success. It's been a great. It's been a great time chatting on the podcast. Appreciate it. Justin. Right, Enjoy okay, it. We'll see you later. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Great Day in Sales podcast. Check us out at podcast.alicio.ai or anywhere you stream podcasts.